This is Servant Marcia Carney with Escape to Heaven. Spirit of the Lord is upon me. His anointing is empowering. The kingdom of the Lord is within me. And He's calling Good morning, good morning, and what good morning. Tallahassee, wake up. It's happened again. It's 11.30 a.m., 94.1 wave, 94. And guess what? You're listening to Escape to Heaven from Heaven on Earth Ministries of Jesus Christ. Servant Marcia, I came this morning to encourage you, to let you know that what you're facing is just not who you are or whatever your destiny and purpose is. It is not the chaos that we're looking at right now. We really do have a great future and heaven is the place that you can escape to. It's yours. And uh, the reason why I say that is because of Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I love to call upon his name. And this morning, I'm thinking about how Jesus is the person, literally, that introduced to mankind the kingdom of God. You know, heaven, when we think about it, we're thinking about it unconsciously as a place where the Father inhabits, Holy Spirit came from, and Jesus is sitting on the right hand of the throne in the kingdom of God. But it was Jesus who began to tell us about the kingdom of God. Uh, that's when he completed his period of 40 days in the wilderness and after the uh, devil had ended every temptation, he departed from Jesus and Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee and the news of him went out throughout all the surrounding regions. And that's, I'm reading literally from Luke, the fourth chapter and starting at about the 15th verse where he taught in the synagogue being glorified by all. And then he um came to Nazareth where he had been raised and went into the Sabbath and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. He opened the book and this is what he read. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he, the spirit, the father has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to claim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. Wow. Everyone looked at him like, what, 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 what? 
<laughs> and there and they were fixed their eyes were fixed on him and he began to say to them today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing and then they said well is this not jesus they began to doubt the reality of the truth that jesus had just spoken to them that's what we're going to talk about today how you and I are most likely not of the blood lineage of Abraham. But because of Jesus and the accomplishment of his assignment by himself, we now can be counted spiritually in the lineage of Abraham. The seed or the, the, the one portion of mankind that was allotted to the creator and through his own allotment he brought salvation to all mankind there are none of us that are have done so much sin have done so many horrible things or that have uh practiced witchcraft or uh babalu or santeria all these different things voodoo i mean just go on and on Hinduism, Buddhism, we've all been guilty of what's called idolatry, or we have all lived under the fallen angels and not under the spirit of Christ, the spirit of God. But yet through Jesus Christ, we now are able to uh, enter into the kingdom. Jesus himself spoke to um, Nicodemus. And I was over there in John, the third chapter. I always like to go to the Bible and just read it, even though I know it. But over there, John, the third chapter, he said, um, Nicodemus came to him at night saying, hey, these works that you're doing, the only way you can do it is that you have to be from God. We know you're a teacher because you cannot do these things unless God is with you. Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see, he cannot even understand, he cannot be aware that the kingdom of God exists. And then Nicodemus said, well, wait a minute, how can a man be born when he is old? Does he enter a second time into his mother's womb? And Jesus' response is letting you and I know, and hopefully Nicodemus, that we must be born again spiritually. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water, which is a baptism, and the Spirit, Holy Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Holy Spirit is spirit. So in order for you to escape to the kingdom of God like we all want to, right, <laughs> while we're on earth, <laughs> you must be born again. And I will make sure, hopefully, by the end, we talk about how did we get born again. But what I want to focus a little bit on is um, the first time that, or one of the first times that the new creation was performed on Gentiles. Because if you are not of the natural bloodline of Abraham, which means you would be an Israelite, and included in Israelites are the Jews or Jewish people, then you would be a Gentile, like I am most likely, okay? And so that means 
I am extended the kingdom of God, not because of my natural birth, but because I have chosen to agree with the will of God for my life. And I have now become born again. So I'm going to go to Acts, uh, where Paul, I believe, is really revealing after his conversion, okay, in the ninth chapter. Wow. Or is it 10th chapter? I believe it's 10th chapter. Hold on one second. Acts, the 10th chapter, verse number nine. So it's not Paul, it's Peter. So Peter was in the city and resting and he laid down and he had this vision, right? He became very hungry. He wanted to eat. And while they were getting the food ready, he fell into a trance, an open vision, and saw heaven open and an object like a great sheep found at the four corners, descending to him and let down to the earth. So four corners mean the entire world, right? In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, birds of the air. And a voice came to him, rise, Peter, kill and eat. Peter said, not so, Lord, for I've never eaten anything common or unclean. And a voice spoke to him again the second time, what God has cleansed, you must not call common. This was done three times. And the object was taken up into the heaven. Now, while Peter wondered, what does this vision mean, right? Uh, men who had been sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood outside the gate. So while Peter was thinking about what they were saying, the spirit said to him, behold, three men are seeking you. Therefore, go down and go with them. Doubting nothing. See there, you got to kill that spirit of doubt. For I have sent them. So Peter went down. Yes, I'm he. For what reason? They said, Cornelius the centurion, meaning a Gentile, a just man, one who fears God, has a good reputation among all the nation of the Jews, the chosen ones, <laughs> was divinely instructed by a holy angel to summon you to his house. And to hear words from you. So that was hard for Peter because, you know, back then you Jews and Gentiles do not commune. But anyway, he, he left and began to go with them to Caesarea. I've been there, by the way. It's right on the Mediterranean Sea. And uh, as Peter came in, Canoes was there with all of his relatives, friends, and employees. And... um Camillus met him, fell down at his feet, worshipped him. And Peter said, hey, don't do that. I'm just a man just like you. <laughs> okay. And he said, well, we know it's unlawful for a Jewish man to keep company with Gentiles, but God has shown me, this is Peter talking, that I should not call any man common or unclean. Now, we're all guilty of that because, you know, we go to the 7-Eleven, to the store, to the gas station, and we see the homeless people or the person not dressed so well, and we, you know, we cringe. But we must learn to go beyond that because, you know, in God's eyesight, they're equal to you. They're just as good as you are who get up every Sunday and go to church and put on your nice, clean clothes. But to God, we're all the same. Then, um, so Cornelius said, well, four days ago I was fasting and this angel came and 
said that my alms and my prayers had been heard. And so Peter opened his mouth after he listened and said, in truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality, just like I was saying. But in every nation, whoever fears God and works righteousness is accepted by God. So saints of God, I know you speak in tongues and, um, you know, you feel like you got the secret tap to the Holy Spirit, <laughs> but know that God views us all the same. And he gave his son so that we all, the word of God says, like, God so loved the world. That means all, all inhabitants, all human beings, all of his image. So God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish. So this um, separatism that we are practicing may not be the way that God wants us to practice. God wants you to separate from sin, but not from people. You are here on the earth because saints of God, remnant believers, disciples, we have purpose. That's why we're here. Okay, let's get back to the word. Acts 10 chapter, verse 36, the word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. That word, you know, was proclaimed throughout Judea, began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. That's us. So you're not anointed to just say, I'm anointed. You are anointed to do as Jesus did. Doing good, healing all who were oppressed, who are oppressed by the devil, for God is with you. And we are witnesses of all things which Jesus did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem. And this is Peter talking, you know, where they killed him, but God raised him up on the third day and showed him openly, you know, not just to all the people, but to witnesses chosen before by God, even to us who ate and drank with Jesus after he rose from the dead. And Jesus commanded the disciples to preach to the people, to testify. It is he who was ordained by God to be the judge of the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets witnessed that through his name, Jesus' name, whosoever believes in Jesus will receive remission of sins. And as Peter spoke, so what we're talking about this morning is expressly how Jesus came and announced the kingdom. And he said what the kingdom is about when he said, I've been anointed. And he let us know that he came to uh, the captives to be set free, preach the gospel. What is the gospel? That even though naturally we're all sinful, and separated from God, but through faith, 
that what Jesus did, what God did when he raised Jesus from the dead through faith, that you can be reunited with God, the father, the creator of all things. That's the gospel. And it's not based upon your efforts, but based upon what Jesus has already done, the gospel. And that we are to be healed. You're to heal the brokenhearted. Proclaim liberty. Open your mouth. Declare and decree liberty to those that are captive and recovery of sight to the blind and set those free who are oppressed. That is the purpose of the anointing. So while Peter was speaking these words, guess what happened? Holy Spirit fell upon all those Gentiles who heard the word and those of the circumcision, the Jews, were astonished, okay, uh, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For the Jews heard the Gentiles speak with tongues and magnify God. And then Peter said, can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? So notice with the Gentiles, it is not unusual for a Gentile to receive first the fire baptism of the Holy Spirit. And and my... Uh, little way of thinking is that because the fire burns and destroys the spirits of paganism, idolatry, perversion, iniquity, it burns all those spirits out first and then the baptism of water. So like Jesus said to John, do this so that all things are fulfilled. Amen. Okay. So that is how you and I can enter into heaven, not just when we die, but while we're here on earth. We must be born again. The fire of the Holy Spirit must invade our temple. This is a temple that our spiritual essence live in. Our body is a container, a vessel, a temple. And it contains what? Spirits or the Holy Spirit. At a minimum, yourself, you are a spirit that's living inside of a body. Okay. So if we continue on to uh, Acts the 11th chapter, verse number 16, what happened as Peter was preaching, he remembered The word of Jesus, how Jesus said, John indeed baptized with water. But when he was speaking to the disciples, he said, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So now Peter is speaking to the Israelites and says, if therefore God gave them the same gift as he gave us when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, who am I that I should confront God? Go against the will of God. Who are you when God decides that it is now the season, the moment, the time of the great awakening, the great outpouring to save the drug dealer, the pimp, the whore, the prostitute, the strip club, all those that attend, the homosexual, 
all of the ites. <laughs> Who are you to say that salvation is only for me and my church? No, you cannot stand against God because God provided a way of salvation for all. We all can escape to heaven, all of us. All we need to do is align with God. Amen. Continuing Acts the 11th chapter. Okay. And we are now on the 18th verse. When they heard these things, they became silent. They being the Jews glorified God saying, then God has also granted to the, to the Gentiles repentance to life. Uh, at that time, various disciples went to other parts of the world, such as Antioch, and then they began to uh, preach to the Hellenistics, meaning the pagans, and they accepted the word, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. And then Barnabas went, and he saw the grace of God, and encouraged them all that with purpose of heart that they should continue with the Lord. And matter of fact, this is when disciples were first called Christians in Antioch, meaning that they were followers of Jesus Christ. Amen. If we go to Acts the 13th chapter, we're just making sure that today we have a sense of appreciation for the covenant of God to be extended to you and I who were once, well, are Gentiles, and therefore we were not in any covenant at all with God. We were given over to the fallen angels that ruled over the 70 nations. And that all happened back when Nimrod built that uh, Tower of Babel and the Lord came down and confound the language and caused them to have different languages. That's why it's called Babel. But Acts the 13th chapter going to the 16th verse, and this is Paul now. So here's another point where um, the Gentiles have the... Um, outpouring of the Holy Spirit, okay? Because remember Saul, now he's called Paul. He's filled with the Holy Spirit at this point, okay? So Paul stood up motioning with his hands and said, Men of Israel and you who fear God, listen, the God of this people, Israel, chose our fathers, exalted them where they dwelt as strangers, in Egypt, with an uplifted arm, he brought them out. For 40 years, he tolerated them. In the wilderness, he destroyed seven nations, basically nations of giants and Nephilim's descendants, and distributed their land to the Israelites by allotment. After that, he gave them judges for about 450 years, and then Samuel the prophet came along because God wanted his word now to prevail. They asked for a king. God gave them Saul for 40 years. Then he raised up David. And from David's seed, according to the promise, God raised up for Israel a savior, Jesus. After John, 
have first preached before his coming the baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel. But as John was finishing his course, he said, who do you think I am? I'm not the deliverer. I'm not him. But behold, there comes one after me, the sandals of whose feet I'm not worthy to even loose. Okay? And so, Jesus is our Savior. All right? And uh, Paul is still talking about how they found no fault in him. They asked Pilate to put him to death. They killed him. God raised him from the dead. He was seen for many days, at least 40 days, by um, those who came up with him from Galilee and declared the the glad tidings, that promise which was made to the fathers. And you know, what is the promise? Because a lot of times we think the promise is uh, God creating his covenant with Abraham. But no, the real promise is all the way back in Genesis, the third chapter, verse number 15. And that's after, that's after. The Lord met with the woman, Eve, Adam, and the serpent. And after um, the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. And so now the Lord God said to the serpent, this is prophetic word from the creator. Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle. It almost makes you think that the serpent didn't look like a snake. You know, a snake and a serpent might be two different things when you read the Bible. Sound like the serpent was some kind of cattle. And more than any beast, every beast of the field, on your belly you shall go. So he wasn't on his belly. Maybe he was four footer, you know, four legs, just like beasts. And you shall eat dust all days of your life. And here's the prophetic word that God said, and I will put enmity. That means division between you and the woman. And between your seed and her seed, he, Jesus, shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Okay. So that is, that's the promise. Now that promise has been fulfilled when God raised him up, said, you are my son. Today I have begotten you, raised him from the dead. He did not experience corruption. Um, you will not allow your Holy One to see corruption. And David even prophesied that. So what I'm trying to say is, therefore be it known to you that through Jesus, through this man, that through this man is preached to you the forgiveness of sins. And by Jesus, everyone who believes is justified from all things from which you cannot be justified by the law. As the law brings death, but the spirit brings life. That's what's important is that Jesus has commanded, I have set you as a light to the Gentiles that you should be for salvation to the ends of the earth. So when Peter saw that vision in those four corners, that was literally the beginning of what the Lord commanded, salvation 
to the ends of the earth. That was talked about in Isaiah 42. Now, when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as have been appointed to eternal life, believed. I'm going to talk about how do you and I receive this great salvation? What do we have to do? We know we have to believe. You have to have faith. You have to trust. You have to know who is God. You have to learn about him. Romans, the 10th chapter, is the best place to go. So righteousness of faith speaks like this way. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven or who will descend into the abyss. But instead, the word is near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. Okay? And this is the word of faith which we preach. And this is what I'm preaching this morning. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's faith. With the heart, one believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So even though Jesus has done everything required so that you and I can be saved from utter destruction, eternal destruction, you have to do your part. You must have faith. Okay? And there's no distinction between Jew and Greek for the same Lord overall is rich to all who calls upon him for whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let me pray. Father God, I ask you today to bless your word that has come out today, Lord. Heal your people, remove the veil, take the thing off of their ears, God, so they can hear your word, receive it and understand that they must by faith receive the salvation that Jesus and yourself have paid the price for all of us. And Lord, I ask you to deliver us today and let us understand that all has been completed. And with our mouth, we decree and we declare that we agree with what you have done from the beginning of the foundation of the world and how you have given your son so that we can all be delivered. Father, I pray deliverance and peace to all those in Radio Land restoration, healing, and deliverance. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you, Father. And I can't wait to see you next week. God bless you. Bye-bye.